This is the After Hours Director's Spotlight, presented by Amro Music. It's the podcast where we chat with music educators to celebrate the joy of teaching music and learn about strategies for success. In this episode, Nick Averwater talks with Grant Harbison. He's the director of bands for Jonesboro Public Schools in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Grant graduated from Jonesboro High School in 2003 and was assistant band director in West Memphis, Arkansas from 2010 to 2014 before returning to his hometown. This conversation was recorded July 29th, 2021. Hello, everyone, and welcome to After Hours Conversations for Music Educators. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with my good friend, Mr. Grant Harbison. And if you hear a little background noise, that's because we are sitting down here at the State House Convention Center in Little Rock, Arkansas, for the Arkansas Bandmasters Convention. Grant, good to see you. Good to see you, too, Nick. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks. Welcome back, I should say, to After Hours, because you've been on before. You were one of our early panelists, and I'm excited to sit down and just touch base with what's going on and some of the things that... Um, you're reflecting on right now. So for our listeners, why don't you bring us up to speed on what's going on in your band program right now and perhaps how you're approaching things differently this year. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we have just finished our uh, first week and a half of summer band doing two-a-days and getting our kids back into the swing of things because uh, marching band, two-thirds of our ensemble has never marched before. So trying to get that out there. But the main thing that I've thought about through this and what we're doing differently is a little bit of background about me. I wasn't, uh, I was going to be a trumpet player. I was going to be an orchestral trumpet player. And I used to be a person that think marching band was everything, but everything, including evil. (laughs) So, and I used to be very vocal about that and thinking it had no pedagogical value and seeing the difference of the pandemic and not being able to do marching band the way it has been done. I was completely wrong. It affects my culture of my band program so much. Just hanging out with each other, sweating with each other, and doing this. And our culture was so missed last year because we didn't do marching band. And so all of those years that I spent saying marching band is the scourge of the earth, I would like to retract, and I'm going to be eating crow all year. (laughs) But, man, it adds so much to our band program with how our kids react with one another because they have to learn that teamwork. Even something as simple as guiding, man, you got to be in there with your team and stick right with them. So it's going to help create that culture and that atmosphere even more of our, what we want is our band family and our togetherness. So that's the thing that the pandemic really opened my eyes about. And it made me reevaluate the things that I thought were important to my band program. So, uh, we're going to do marching band to the best of our abilities. We always try to do it well, but we're going to buy in a little harder, push a little more. So that way I want to see what kind of culture is I am able to get with my kids and how they love working together with each other. Yeah. And I, and I remember, I hope you don't mind. I remember you and I having a conversation at the beginning of the pandemic and you were saying, Hey, I'm, I'm really excited because you had expressed, I'm not a fan of marching band and there's a lot of other things that I want to do. And I feel like this is a fresh start. What were some of the things, either the behaviors or the warning lights or the actions within your program that you thought, you know, you keep using the word culture. How did that manifest itself in your program and what did that look like without it? And how did you see it come back? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, well, so we tried things differently in marching band. We got to have a redo year and do something completely different. And musically, our kids didn't suffer. They played all the time and we just did uh stand tunes one after the other and had a, a big library of stuff so musically they weren't 
struggling. It's, again, the culture that they were. As in, there was more interpersonal issues with kids that aren't getting along, partly because of their ninth grade year, they missed half of that and they never got to mature as young people. I even had a conversation with one of my principals asking about our sophomore class at our high school about how, uh, it's like, hey, my 10th graders are struggling in band. There's a lot of drama between them. They're not getting along. They're not buying in and all of this stuff. And I asked if it was uh, similar, if they saw that in the academies at our high school. And he said, actually, now that you mention it, our 10th graders are really struggling to to be high school students as the what we were used to in the past. So their their maturity was stunted because they were stuck at home during the pandemic. And it just kind of, when we got back to school, with that lower level of maturity and the fact that we hadn't done all of the team building and laying the groundwork for a semester. Because in marching band, I mean, we're spending six hours a day doing stuff. We're eating meals together on competitions day. We're taking fun trips on buses places. And our kids absolutely eat that up. And we weren't as much of a family last year as we had been in the past because people didn't get along because they hadn't had to learn those team building skills. So that is the largest change that I saw how not doing marching band negatively affected me. Yeah. And I noticed that that you really didn't talk at all about the performance component, how the students came back, how they performed. It was all about when they didn't have the horns on their faces and their ability to get along, to communicate and to create that team. Yeah. So, uh, I'm very fortunate. We've got great kids. We've got a great staff. And they, they didn't struggle playing. They could play their music. We had sectionals and do whatever, even masks and everything. But the teamwork, that was what was missing. And that's kind of one of the things that I'm trying to bring back and kind of thinking like Coach Dabo Sweeney. I want to make that kind of culture in my program so that way everyone has the common goal. Not I, me, but we, us. And people will work harder for others sometimes and they will for themselves because they don't want to let other people down yeah and and that's you're right it's such a great way to kind of put perspective on the year by opening up with this type of mentality now so i mean you're you're sitting here expressing your i guess renewed appreciation for the role that marching band plays in culture how else have you reflected and maybe modified or adjusted your teaching style or how you communicate with your staff or your students based on some of the other things that you have learned this year this past year So uh, the things that we're doing differently in marching band is we're trying to make it, I hate saying the word fun, because fun can be just doing nothing, sitting around and having fun. We try to make it more enjoyable, more worthwhile. And so uh, instead of having the metronome going all the time, I have a playlist on my phone of marching fundamental songs that are just popular songs that kids like that are at a good marching tempo. Whether I'm teaching fundamentals and we're having to go slow, like uh, heel, push, then sweep the foot. I'll do a slow piece like that. Or if we're just marching a block, I'll, I'll put on some uh, Huey Lewis in the, uh, in the news, some Power of Love, and we'll just march around. And the kids, it's so much more enjoyable for them because instead of hearing ding, ding, ding all the time, they're getting, to, they're getting to move a little. And even during sectionals, I'll say, all right, y'all, in sectionals, march at this tempo to whatever song that they're doing. So that's one of the fun things that we do. Uh, it. In the past, we've always had popsicles that like people bring in. We had a church bring in popsicles this week. Something different that we are doing this year, one of my, uh, I got to give a shout out to one of my uh, directors, Seth Jansen, came up with this. Every Friday during summer band, we're having Fellowship Friday. So we have a meal together Fridays during 
during our lunch break. So uh, last week, because it's hot, we, uh, we had sandwiches. So everyone gets together, and uh, some parents made sandwiches beforehand. And it's like it not only helps us break bread together, but it also helps us get ready for those competition day meals that we provide our kids so that way they can have good nutrition before we go off to a competition. Yeah, those are. I think those are two great examples, and and I love the way that you talked about just mark, just incorporating songs instead of metronomes. I mean, because that could, I suspect that completely changes the atmosphere of the rehearsal. I mean, if you have ever been into a store or a restaurant with stuffy music or no music at all, versus one that you're tapping your foot, it can completely change the experience. So, absolutely love that idea. What about your goals for this year? Have you reevaluated what your goals are going to be? compared to a non-pandemic year or has it changed for you uh generally our goals have always kind of stayed the same for me as in i want to put the best product out there that i can while having the best culture that i can because my goal personally as a director is you've heard great bands that are incredible and their director is more of a coach like nick saban and then you've I, I want to be that band director that has that incredible band sound, but get it through means of saying, hey, follow me. Let's do this together. And if you're sweating, I'm sweating right there with you, as opposed to me sitting on my tower and dictating everything. So the kids seeing me get involved with them helps. Just like every day when we stretch, I'm stretching right there with them. When we're doing push-ups as part of our exercise block, I'm doing it with them. Just to make... The cohesiveness, if the boss is willing to do the work, the kids want to do it too, or the leader rather, instead of the boss. Yeah. No, so. I think that you're, that's such a great example is uh, not doing anything that, you know, not asking anyone of anything you yourself wouldn't do too. And I think that's a great example. And uh, one other thing that I've really found helping, and this is maybe my therapist talking through me, and if I would, uh, I would highly recommend all band directors therapy changed my life. It took stress out of my job. It made so much of a difference. So with my kids, I ask my kids, how many people thank you every once in a while? If you ask your band kids, how many often do they get thanked? They're not going to raise their hand. No one thanks a kid. Their parents don't thank them. Their teachers don't thank them. Their job doesn't thank them. And I try to make sure every day I tell my kids, thank you. Uh, Earlier today, Dr. Tim was given a clinic and this made me tear up. He said, There's no way a kid can scream, I love you more than being in your marching band in the heat. And I say, y'all, thanks for giving up your summer, four weeks of their summer break, to hang out with these old people doing band. Because you don't have to do this. I've got kids having to take off of work. I've got kids that are missing vacations just because they want to be there. And I try to make sure every day I tell them, thank you. Thank you for working hard. Man, those toes are looking great. Thank you. And more importantly, Thank you for being in our band family. Yeah, I think that's great. I want to back up and talk a little bit about, if you don't mind, the role that therapy has played for you. You know, we're, we're coming, we're right now we're at the Olympics are going on, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, Simone Biles just announced that she withdrew for mental health concerns. And so there's a lot of conversation about it. Um, how did you, for a director that might be thinking about it but doesn't know where to start that journey, what advice would you give them, and how has it changed the way you approach your job and, and the stresses that music educators carry. So I first got into therapy because my wife said, you need to go. I'm like, all right, honey, 
I'll trust you, I'll go. And I will be the biggest advocate for that because every aspect of my life has changed for the better. I can communicate with my students, with my staff, with my wife. I can communicate with everybody better. I learn how to not get in the weeds so much. And if one thing goes awry, because I, am, I try to be so meticulous and in my life, I need a schedule. But if something goes awry, being able to pick up the pieces and move on and adjust and be flexible, or better yet, be able to improvise just like we do on our instruments, but in our own life. And so being able to talk to someone and realizing that one, you're not alone with what you're going through, or the fact that that sometimes we let our fear dictate what we can and can't do, and fear lies to us. Because it's your, it's your fear thinking that you're going to fail. But man, I would rather fall on my face and feel free about me than having to feel like I'm walking on eggshells or terrified by fear or by stress of getting the job done or, my God, are these kids going to show up? How's our performance going to be? And it can slowly snowball into just insanity. And so getting my own life together helped me be able to be the leader that I want to be now. And I have these exact conversations with my students. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm an open book. If you ask me, I'll tell you. And I talked to my kids about, I was like, I got to go to therapy. Because a lot of them are in school-based therapy, and they're scared about it. They're embarrassed about it. I got to go see my therapist, is what they'll say. I'm like, go. I said, I'm seeing mine on Monday. Or I've even talked kids into going. I've talked coworkers into going. Not just through here, but colleagues throughout the state, because... It has made my life, my band directing life, and my entire profession, it's done a 180. So realizing to get the weight off your shoulders, just like Simone Biles, there are ways to take that weight and channel it for good, to do positive things with it. Love it. And, and what advice would you give somebody who's saying, okay, Grant, I'm interested, but I don't know where to begin? Uh, so I'm, I'm lucky. I, uh, our school district has a school-based mental health liaison because we have school counselors all the time. So, and I knew this kid. We grew up going to church together. And I said, hey, man, I'm looking for a therapist. I really don't know where to start. Can you give me some names? And he gave me a long list of people. And I, I looked, and I was like, oh, I'll go with this guy. He had an opening. And we are polar opposites. He's six foot tall. I'm five foot on a good day. Uh, he's country man, loves hunting, all that stuff. And I mean, I'm a band nerd, but just being able to connect with whomever it is. So I had someone help me find someone and I've, I've given his name to multiple people who's also started seeing him. Uh, sometimes your primary care physician, sometimes churches have uh, therapist counseling, talk-based therapy is kind of what it is. Uh, so the first thing to say is, I think I'll, instead of thinking I need help, because when you utter those words, it's going to make you break down and want to cry when you finally admit to yourself that you need help. But instead of that thinking, I want to do this better. I want to do my life better than I can and improve because we always want to improve. And I'm a completely different person than I was before I started this three years ago. That is fantastic. Such great insights for any music educators that might be feeling the weight uh, that you had talked about and the impact it's had on, on yours. And a great starting point, I mean, between your school district or a faith-based organization or number of resources available. So, well, Grant, as we wrap up, do you have a motto that you're using to approach this year or a phrase or what do you feel like and kind of encapsulates this year and the way you're trying to approach it my first the place the first place that i went to is kind of what i say when i finish 
finish band every day. Every day when I finish band, I say the same thing. I say, yay, band. And the kids go, yay, band, right back to me. And that's what I'm trying to do. That's like my mantra for this year. Because can you say that and be upset? No, I'm getting cold chills just saying it. It's just two words. So getting that. Again, it's not the music. It's not the marching. It's not the props. It's not the design. That's not what what we struggle with in marching band, at least for me personally. It's the... Let's do this together. Let's have a fantastic time while we're here and enjoy this time because it has been ripped out from under us before and it could really be ripped out from under us again tomorrow. So the small amount of time that we have to make music, to grow, to be our band family together, man, we got to take advantage of it. So my mantra I would have to say is yay band. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, Grant, I really appreciate it. Any final advice or closing thoughts you want to share before we wrap up this conversation? Well, other than just thanking you and the awesome job that AMRO does for uh, Music in the Mid-South, and more specifically, because I'm selfish, my band program, because you all help us out so much with everything that you do. Uh, But the main thing I have for anyone out there listening is these kids and y'all have lived a severely different life than we're normal, than we're rather used to. And I can only imagine me being 15, going through what they're going to, I would struggle endlessly. So trying to keep that in mind as opposed to your feet aren't on the beat. To whereas, man, you're not marching your feet on the beat. I'm going to compliment sandwich you. So hopefully we can get you there together as opposed to me just harping at you. So chain them along. Encourage, encourage, encourage because people need encouragement now more than ever love it absolutely well grant thanks so much and i can't wait to follow the successes that you all have at jonesboro high school in the upcoming year thanks nick that's grant harbison the director of bands for the jonesboro arkansas public schools talking with nick averwater on the after hours director's spotlight which is presented by amro music a family-owned company since 1921 at AMRO, we work with over 600 schools in seven states to bring the joy of music to thousands of young musicians. And these partnerships make production of the After Hours podcast possible. Our director services department is ready to work with your school, too. Just email alan at amromusic.com or seth at amromusic.com. And you can hear many more conversations with music educators at amromusic.com slash afterhours. Hey, if you enjoyed today's episode, here are two easy and fast ways you can support the After Hours show. First, your five-star review means a lot as it helps to boost us in the podcast rankings so that other music educators just like you can find us. Second, if you thought of someone that would enjoy this week's content and episode, hey, please share it with them so that they too can be a part of the After Hours community. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next week.